0: good morning. We return this morning to settling the mind in its natural state, which is an extremely close parallel to becoming lucid in a dream. We know that when we're not lucid, when we're just caught up in an ordinary dream, that's a complete manifestation of obsessive, compulsive, delusional mental state. Because what's happening there is obsessive. You have no control over it. It's compulsive. You're totally sucked up into it. And you're fundamentally, at its core, deluded. Because you think this is really happening. This is, really, this is, this is it. This is reality. These people I'm encountering and so forth, they're really there. They really love me. They really hate me. They are, this is all really happening. You are psychotic. I mean, really, you fundamentally got it wrong. You couldn't get it more wrong. And being fundamentally deluded, not only ignorant about the nature of the dream, but actively misapprehending the dream as it being something that it's not, namely objectively real out there, then of course you are as vulnerable as a newborn baby for any kind of suffering that might arise. You've got no skin. And the suffering that arises there in a dream, especially the mental suffering, is every bit as real as the suffering that arises the misery, the anguish, the fear, and so forth that arise in the waking state. There's nothing really out there at all, right? It's just projection. But the suffering you experience is totally real, as real as anything else, right? So, become lucid. And insofar as you become lucid, you are free. Insofar as you recognize the dream state as the dream state while you're dreaming, nothing can hurt you. Somebody says the most vile type of slander, abuse, denigration of you. <laughs> it's like watching a cartoon. You, know, like, you big son of a! Oh, whatever. This is a reflection of my own mind. I mean, you know what, what can you do? It's chuckle, you know. Or somebody says, "I love you. I love you. I can't live without you." Oh, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> I mean, you're in, somebody comes lunging at you with a knife, a great big, what was his name? Oh, you know, the guy with the big knife, the Australian guy. Crocodile Dundee, a crocodile Dundee knife. You know. I mean, a serious knife. When he said, that's not a knife, this is a knife. Right? <laughs> somebody comes at you in a dream <laughs> with a knife like that, and he wants to you know, thrust it into your heart multiple times. Go for it. <laughs> if that's what's going to make you happy. Because <laughs> there's no molecule in your body, no molecule in the knife, and there's no molecule in my body. So if you want to thrust a dream knife into a dream body, whatever. You're invulnerable. Insofar as you are lucid, you're invulnerable. And not only invulnerable, it's kind of a bliss there. And recognizing reality for what it is. Recognizing the dream state for what it is. Getting it right is blissful. And getting it wrong makes you vulnerable to every possible suffering. So that's true in the the dream state, isn't it? Now how about in the waking state? When the stuff arises in the mind, the images, the thoughts, the emotions. No more substantial, exactly as substantial, exactly as insubstantial, as the events arising in the dream. It's the same theater. We have six theaters. We have a multiplex. Human existence is a multiplex. You've got six theaters you can go to. The theater of the body, the theater of sound, of sight, of smell and taste. Five theaters. Those are rather cheap. Pre-admission. Oh, theater of the mind. A bit more difficult to access clearly. Theater of the mind. To be recognizing thoughts as thoughts images as images, memories as simply em- memories, and not conflating the mental events with their reference, with what they are about. Settling the mind its natural state is recognizing mental events as mental events. And insofar as you become lucid with respect to your mind in the waking state, you become invulnerable to your own mind, which can torment you to death. I mean, literally, right? And you become invulnerable to the events of your own mind that is, invincible, whatever comes up, the guy with the knife, the most awful, awful traumatic memory, and so forth, there you are in stillness while the mind is churning and churning and churning, and you're free because you're not grasping. You're not free in a non dream because you're totally saturated with grasping. It's grasping that makes us suffer, grasping that makes us vulnerable to suffering. So as we settle the mind in its natural state, the awareness remains still, free of grasping, and whatever comes up, it just comes up. And it's arising in the space of the mind, and it has no more substantiality than a dream, a rainbow, a mirage, a reflection, in a mirror. And this is an immediate access to freedom with respect to your own mind, even without having to change it, without having to supplant unhappy thoughts with happy ones, mental afflictions with virtues, even without having to modify. You don't need to change the channel you don't need to run a new movie whatever it is infomercial horror movie sitcom romantic comedy whatever it is you just let it play and it's true not only for the events that arise to the mind as objects objects the appearances arising to the mind images and so forth even more interesting than that i think that's interesting enough but it gets more interesting than that and that is As we're attending to the space of the mind, what else arises there in addition to what is arising, appearing objectively, the thoughts, the images, and so forth? What else is taking place in the space of the mind? How about emotions? They they arise. There are somatic correlates, that's for sure. But an emotion is not the same as a somatic correlate. This is a tactile sensation. The emotion is arising in the space of the mind. Frustration, disappointment, anxiety, and so forth. These are not tactile sensations. They're correlated tactile sensations. Not the same. So consider this. You're tending to the space of the mind and some emotion arises, perhaps catalyzed by some recent event in your life. Some, perhaps, huge disappointment or something that really brings distress to the mind, sadness. And the sadness arises, the disappointment arises, Hedonically, that's what's being dished up. This is a stimulation. And it's an unpleasant stimulation. And it stimulates unpleasant... There's something there, out there in the world that happened. And it stimulates a hedonic unhappiness. Stimulus-driven, right? But now, if you're resting there free of grasping, you can simultaneously... I guarantee this is true. It's actually true. You can simultaneously experience, on one level, the hedonic disappointment, the sadness whatever may go along with that. And simultaneously, be aware that this same situation that is arousing hedonic unhappiness or sorrow, grief, disappointment, and so forth, simultaneously, you're experiencing a sense of genuine happiness, knowing that this too is conducive to your own well-being. I've experienced that. Sadness coming in the mind and then feeling my body and feeling a smile coming. A smile coming. Watching the sadness and then the smile coming at the same time. The smile is is expressing genuine happiness, observing the suffering that's arising catalyzed by some situation, somebody's words or what have you, and recognizing, yeah, the feeling, the hedonic feeling really sucks and this is all well. It's all good. It's all good. This is all good. Quite interesting. But that's true if and only if you have a sense of what genuine happiness is. If you don't have a taste of that. This is empty words. So let's practice. Settle your body in its natural state and your respiration in its natural rhythm. Set your mind at ease by releasing all concerns, hopes, and fears about the future and the past. Let your awareness come to rest in stillness, in the present moment. And for a little while attend to the sensations of the breath, wherever they most distinctly arise within the body. Now, for a little while, let the object of mindfulness be the space of the body, and whatever tactile events arise within the space, these are, for example, the earth element, those sensations of firmness and solidity, the water element, fluidity and moisture. the fire element, the whole gradient from cold to hot, and the air element, all sensations of motion, be it the motion of the breath or tingling vibration, any motion of any kind. Focus your attention single-pointedly on the space of the body and whatever tactile sensations arise therein whatever arises simply observe its nature with bare attention sustain the flow of mindfulness without distraction and without grasping. Without being carried off to some other sensory field or carried away by thoughts. Let your mindfulness rest here and now in the space of the body and without grasping, without preference, without visualizing the body, without labeling or categorizing, without superimposing the sense of I or mine. In the felt, let there be just the felt. Let your eyes be at least partially open, and vacantly rest your gaze in the space in front of you, vacantly meaning not taking any interest in any visual appearance, keeping the eyes open, but as if you were lost in thought or daydreaming. then direct the full force of your mindfulness to the space of the mind and whatever mental events arise within it. Then you may crystallize your attention by deliberately generating a discursive thought or an image. Focus single pointedly on that mental event it to fade back into the space of the mind keep your attention right where it was you have placed it in the domain of the mind and observe, observe what comes up next and whatever comes up long or short, pleasant or unpleasant wholesome or unwholesome rough or gentle simply observe its nature let it be without seeking to modify it in any way. To the best of your ability, sustain a continuous flow of mindfulness without distraction, without grasping. Letting your awareness be still in the midst of the comings and goings of the mind. Monitor the flow of mindfulness with introspection. And as soon as you see that your attention has been carried away, that you've lost your mind, first of all, relax, loosen up. Release your grip on that which captivated your attention. And then gently return to the present moment and to whatever is arising right now in the space of the mind. As soon as you note that you become spaced out or lost clarity of mind, slipped into dullness, take a fresh interest in your own mind, this direct path to knowing your own nature, and focus clearly, crystallizing your attention if necessary, by deliberately generating a thought or an image. And let's continue practicing now in silence. So, as you continue practicing both during the formal sessions as well as in between sessions I'd encourage you to attend closely not only to what arises objectively the appearances, the thoughts and so forth but also attend closely to these more subjective impulses that don't rise up to meet you coming to you but rise up from the subjective side and observe them to the best of your ability without distraction and without grasping which is to say without identification, without simply being immersed in the emotion or the desire, being aware of it, attending to its nature, but not getting totally sucked up into it. That's a type of, this type of awareness where you are aware of what is arising in the mind without the cognitive fusion, without just being sucked up into it, absorbed into it, fused with it, that one can say is a little tiny sudden awakening, like in Zen. Only analogy, but like it's not gradual. Gradually, gradually, by transforming the mind, we overcome tendencies of craving and hostility and egotism. Gradually, 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 gradually cultivate loving kindness, compassion, and so forth and so on. There's a gradual path. It's good. But as soon as you can be aware of whatever comes up and not be cognitively fused with it, that's a sudden awakening. That's a sudden awakening. Right? It's not gradual. It's about as gradual as becoming lucid in a dream. That's a sudden awakening. Because now you're viewing the dream from the perspective of waking consciousness and it's not gradual. There it is. And then it can go deeper. The insight, the degree, the extent to which you fathom the nature of the dream, having become lucid, that can go deeper. But that transition from becoming not lucid, psychotic, to being awake, oh, that's instant. Instantaneous. Oh yeah. Whatever. Enjoy your day. See you a bit later.